Hi, this is Chris. And this is Almy. And we know something about astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. Almy is a Scorpio. Today is Saturday, May 14th, and this is for May 14th through the 20th. We are hours away from the full moon lunar eclipse. Mm. It will be exact at 9.15 p.m. on Sunday, May 15th in the Pacific time zone, and it will be happening on Monday, May 16th for the majority of the world. And they're calling this a super flower blood moon. Yeah, that's a mouthful. And to break that down a little bit, the full moon in May is always called a flower moon. That comes from the Farmer's Almanac, and it has to do with this being the time of year when a large amount of flowers are usually in bloom. The super part is coming into play because the moon will be closer to the Earth during this full moon. So that gives us a super flower moon at the moment. And then they throw in the word blood because this full moon is going to have a reddish tint to it. Mm. And they're saying that reddish color will be viewable for an hour or so, you know, depending on where you are in the world and what the visibility is like. Um, But that's why we have a super flower blood moon. And then there's this whole lunar eclipse on top of it. And during the eclipse, the moon will be in the Earth's shadow. So there's a lot going on. And if you've been feeling up and down over the past two weeks, feeling incredibly upbeat one minute and then down in the dumps the next, the super flower blood moon lunar eclipse thing could have something to do with it. Because this is some potentially very heavy yo-yo-like energy. Hmm. And as I mentioned last week, the two eclipses we're experiencing here, we had a solar eclipse on April 30th, and now we'll have a lunar eclipse on May 15th, May 16th, depending on your time zone. And they are occurring in the fixed signs of Taurus and Scorpio. Hmm. The solar eclipse was in Taurus, and the lunar eclipse will be in Scorpio. So that is an additional layer of intensity that is being added to the equation. And themes around control and power will very much be in the forefront. And those feelings around control can be about someone wanting to have control over someone else. It can be a country wanting to have control over another country. It can be about a country like North Korea wanting to control what the world knows about its own battle with COVID and now finding it difficult to suppress that information any longer. It can also mean wanting to have more control over your own life. If certain areas of your life have felt unstable, or if you felt downright helpless Mm -hmm. in certain areas of your life, you might be feeling extra pressure right now to get those things in order. And even if this was just a good old-fashioned full moon in Scorpio with all the super blood flower labels left out, remember that a Scorpio full moon will always bring things to the surface. Mm -hmm. It will always bring things to light. It has the courage to go into the shadows and resurface with the truth as ugly or unappealing as that truth might be. So it's quite possible you will have revelations in your life over the next couple of days or people you know will be reaching out to you to share news that in some way has to do with a secret being revealed or you might just start seeing someone in a different light. Mm. Pluto is Scorpio's ruling planet, and you know there are some astrologers out there who actually think Pluto should be Taurus's 
ruling planet. And because of Pluto's orbit, when it passes through Scorpio, it only stays there for about nine or 10 years. But when it passes through Taurus, it stays in Taurus for about 30 years. Oh. And Taurus is considered to be the opposite sign of Scorpio, yet Pluto spends way more time in Taurus than it technically stays in Scorpio. Mm -hmm. And the last time Pluto was in Taurus was quite a while ago. It was 1853 to 1884, and that would have been during the time of the U.S. Civil War. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that would have been the time when the United States would have been experiencing a Pluto square. The United States has Pluto in Aquarius. So when Pluto was in Taurus, that would be considered a square or a tense period for power struggles since Aquarius and Taurus square each other. And as always, you know, not to throw a given sign under the bus. I mean, all the signs of the Zodiac have great things they bring to the table, and they all have things they could certainly work on. But of the 12 signs, if you're ranking them from 1 to 12, in terms of which signs are most interested in ruling the world... Mm -hmm. Well, Taurus and Scorpio would certainly both be high on that list. And the last thing I want to mention about this pumped-up, steroid-fueled, no-holds-barred, <laughs> super-flower blood moon that will no doubt trigger a congressional hearing because when the dust settles, the American people are going to want this moon to explain itself. And this is all happening at 25 degrees, is what I'm saying here. So the sun's going to be at 25 degrees Taurus when the full moon is exact, mm -hmm. and the moon will be at 25 degrees Scorpio. When the full moon is exact. So if you have any planets in your chart that are 25 degrees Scorpio or 25 degrees Taurus, you know, give or take two or three degrees, that's fine. You might be feeling this full moon eclipse thing, especially vigorously. Okay. Anyway, all this is happening right now, but it'll be felt especially strongly on Sunday, definitely on Monday. By Tuesday, any pressure we're feeling from this influence will hopefully lessen a bit. Uh, another big event we have this coming week is on Wednesday, May 18th. Mars and Neptune will form a conjunction in Pisces. So Mars and Neptune will be in the same sign that day and also in the same degree. They will both be at 24 degrees Pisces. And a Mars-Neptune conjunction like this, where they're both perfectly aligned in the sky, only happens about once every two years. The last one happened in June of 2020. And the next one won't happen until April 29th of 2024. Mm. What does Mars uh, conjunct Neptune mean? Well, I'd call it aggressive inspiration. Mm. Mars being the aggressive part and Neptune being the inspirational part. With most everything Neptune related, though, there's always that caveat that what you think is real under a Neptune influence, it might not be real at all. It has that illusory quality to it. We can feel tremendously inspired. We just wake up one day and say, I'm going to become a master chef. <laughs> Maybe up until this point, I only have experience heating up soup and making microwave popcorn. But today I've decided I'm going to become the greatest chef who ever lived. Is this you talking as you? Uh, it might be. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that on Wednesday coming up here, I am going to be inspired to become a chef. But I have no control over this. It's just, you know, Mars and Neptune. Okay, got I got to see what they have in store for me. Okay. I don't know. So just... you might want to become Gordon Ramsay on Wednesday. I'm prepared to become Gordon Ramsay on Wednesday if that's what Mars and Neptune want from me. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I'm open to it. Okay. Uh, another example. You might feel inspired to just pack everything up and move to Delaware. You say, you know, I'm feeling this pull towards Delaware 
that I can no longer deny, mm -hmm. and I'm going to move there with no plan whatsoever and have faith that I am making the right choice. Okay. You know, stuff like that. So watch for this highly charged inspiration and creativity this coming week and be prepared to move to Delaware if need be, or if you already live in Delaware, maybe moving somewhere else within Delaware okay. to a new home, whatever it might be. Uh, but also be on guard for people trying to pull the wool over your eyes this week. This influence, this Mars-Neptune conjunction, can lead to those kind of scenarios. Or to quote the great Charles Foster Kane, as the snow globe fell from his hands in the film Citizen Kane, beware the gaslighter, because this Mars-Neptune conjunction can also have unscrupulous people taking advantage of others. That's not what he said. What did he say? Rosebud. We said Rosebud. Okay, I'm confusing it with some other movie where someone said... Beware the gaslighter when a snow globe fall out of its hand. Are you thinking of gaslight? Oh, you're just riffing. You're just making a little silly joke. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of Mars-Neptune. Uh, okay. Just I'm embodying it, I guess. It's like, is this real? Is this... It sounds like this person knows what they're talking about, but... And that's classic sad humor for you. Sad There's humor, such a too. such commitment to yeah. the Sagittarians when they're making a joke that I really appreciate. Sometimes I do get a little annoyed with you. I'm like, why can't you just be serious? Oh, more why than sometimes. Me? Yeah, we, <laughs> we can be honest here. No, that's, yeah. Because you will make up this entire scenario that I think is totally real. Yeah. And, like, you'll have me going for a while. You'll, yeah. you'll say something that doesn't make any sense. Like, did you know Abraham Lincoln was, like, a collector of porcelain dolls? Yeah, that sounds like something I'd yeah. bring up. Yeah, and I'll say, okay. And then you'll be like, yeah, he, like, had a museum, and, like, one of them was haunted, and the museum burned down, and, like, they said it was because of the doll. And, like, you'll have me going. Yeah. And then you'll... And prior to becoming president, you know, Abraham Lincoln was a master chef. And right. he grew up in Delaware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, we got Elmi going here, so it, it, this is as good a time as any to transition to the Ask a Scorpio segment of our show. Okay. As I mentioned at the top, Elmi is a Scorpio, and she's been a Scorpio her entire life. And every week, I like to ask Elmi a question to get her Scorpio take on life. And Elmi, uh, I'm going to do a little trivia, because uh, continuing this Mars-Neptune theme... I have a list of a few celebrities here who were born with a Mars-Neptune conjunction. Oh. And I think you're familiar with all three. Well, actually, there's four of them. All oh. four of these people. Uh, this first one is, well, was an American writer, maybe considered by some or a lot of people to be one of the best writers of all time, whether it's in the U.S. or, or elsewhere. And um, he's originally from Minnesota, actually. And they lived in Europe. And then he had this wife who, like, I don't know what her deal was. Who is this person? It's got to be Prince. No. Um. Wait, what? A writer <laughs> who lived in Minnesota and has a wife? Come on, let's give you all the clues. Is it? He drank a lot. There's this it's guy F. who drank Scott a lot. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, okay. F. Scott Fitzgerald. He was <laughs> born. Scott, yeah, he was legacy. He was born with the Mars-Neptune conjunction, pretty tight. It was at about zero degrees, oh. so he was basically born on the day that Mars and Neptune had formed this perfect conjunction. And when you think about F. Scott Fitzgerald, you definitely think about a brilliant writer, but then also alcohol abuse, which would be that Mars-Neptune conjunction. That's another way it can manifest itself or present itself. And then also the inspiration. Isn't there some story out there, a lot of stories, that his wife Zelda wrote some of the stuff or at least was highly responsible for a lot of his ideas? Oh, okay, maybe. And, and then she had issues. Well, they both had issues with I mental health. I she and, had some issues. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not really up to date on my F. Scott Fitzgerald goss. Yeah. Like, 
I should, I should read a little more gossip about him. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, another person who's had some issues over the years, and we all have. We're all humans. Uh, I recently posted a picture of him on my Instagram story, and this gentleman was watching Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Can you name this person? He used to be a, a world leader. Oh, yeah, Bill Clinton. Yeah, President Bill Clinton was born with Mars and Neptune conjoined. Oh. In his case, Mars and Neptune were both in the sign, or continue to be, in the sign of Libra. Okay. This Mars-Neptune conjunction coming up this week will be in the sign of Pisces. This guy is um, notorious and one of the most uh, villainized or just unlike people in the history of the world. And he you know, has some history of uh, being president at a murder house that's just around the corner from where we live. Are we still talking about Bill Clinton? No, no. Okay. I haven't moved on, but thank you for clarifying. I have, we are no longer talking about... All right, keep going. Well, I have no idea what you I didn't say he's a president, but there's a murder house that we live by, and he was there. And he he kind of ran a cult, you know, in the 60s. Oh. And, you know, when things are kind of out of out of control in the U.S. and right. a lot of uh, laws, so they're kind of cracking. I don't know what I'm talking about We're at this point. We're talking about Manson. We're talking about Charles yeah. Manson. Okay, yeah. got it. So he also born with a Mars-Neptune conjunction. Oh. You think about him, someone who's like... Was this guy brilliant? I mean, did he he had all these people under his control, right? Yeah. But what the hell? Where was he getting his ideas from? Was he really inspired? Was he really intelligent? Or was he just pulling stuff from thin air and he happened to be a little loony, but also had a magnetism about him that drew people to him? Yeah, I don't know. It's sad. He could have used his talent to whatever it was to not be a murderous, villainous character. He should have just stuck to music. Yeah. It's so sad when people have a lot of um, madness in them and they uh, unfortunately misalign with it. I think a little bit of madness you can use in a lot of creative ways. Um, sadly, though, if it's a serious mental health issue and if uh, I don't know what was going on with him, was it mental health combined with drug use combined with I know he had a very uh, traumatic childhood. Yeah. Um, childhood. I mean, from what I've read, I mean, anything I know about Manson comes from Wikipedia. So <laughs> that's the extent of what I've looked into his life. But yeah, definitely had a, a terrible, terrible upbringing, yeah. just rotten. So that didn't help. But again, this Neptune stuff, Mars getting together, it's just like you're feeling inspired. But again, is it helpful? Right. <laughs> that's one way to look at it. Okay. But again, you mentioned he was a musician as well. And yeah, he, it's so weird because honestly, his stuff was not mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. Like, it was fine. Like, clearly, the Beach Boys saw, not all of them. Who was the one who he was Dennis. close with? Dennis. Yeah. Duh, it was Dennis. I mean, it's just interesting to think, what if he had put all of that energy into music instead? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Because this influence can be great for creativity and inspiration and that kind of stuff. But hopefully, people are using it for positive reasons. But you never know. Yeah. By the way, I don't want to be quoted as saying his music was good. Like, right. his music was fine. It was like, passable. I'm not a fan and, of his he, in any yeah. any aspect. Yeah. Like, we're very much not fans of Charles no, Manson on this podcast. Thumbs down. If there's one thing you take away, yeah. is that we do not think Charles Manson is a cool guy. No, not okay. at all. Not no. at all. That's the only no. serious thing I've said today. Yeah. And that's true. So this last person is a guy that you know pretty well, and he, you know, inspires you to do a podcast with him is every it Saturday. You? It is me. Yeah, <laughs> I also have a Mars-Neptune conjunction oh. in my chart. So again, kind of a little bit what we were talking about with uh, me making stuff up oh, and committing that. to it could also be part of that influence. Yeah. So it's great for acting. It's great for comedy. It's and great being for a politician. And great for being a politician. Mm -hmm. You better believe it. You can put on a face when you need to. 
So that's what's coming up on Wednesday is this Mars-Neptune conjunction. So after we get through the super flower, blood moon, lunar eclipse, what have you, then we got this Mars-Neptune conjunction waiting for us in in the middle of the week. So we're going to have some fun this week. And um, again, it should be interesting. It should be an interesting week. We'll see what happens. But anyway, that concludes. I think it concludes. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Elmi, as a Scorpio? Um, Gosh, not really. Anyway, that concludes the the Ask a Scorpio segment of our show. Thank you for putting up with uh, our shenanigans, or mine, mostly. So anyway, uh, let's take a quick look at what's coming up this week. And uh, aside from all the other stuff I mentioned, remember that we are currently in Mercury retrograde. Oh, gosh, yeah, in case that wasn't clear by how we're communicating today. Yeah, so with all the other shenanigans that are happening, throw in Mercury retrograde on top of it. And it's just going to be something else out there. But anyway, starting Sunday, Sunday, I, I couldn't even begin to, we're just going to say Sunday, just expect anything and everything. I'm just oh. going to cut to the chase. Okay. Anything and everything Sunday. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Sunday, May 15th is what I'm looking at. Monday, May 16th, the full moon, lunar eclipse, what have you, is going to continue into Monday. So even if it's at its most intense Sunday night, we will still be feeling it big time on Monday and maybe uh, trying to unravel some things that maybe came up on Sunday. So Monday is also going to be just kind of this, and also on Monday, the moon will be in Sagittarius for uh, all day Monday and all day Tuesday. So hopefully that will bring some levity to things, because I do feel like the next couple of days, there's a lot of potential for a lot of serious stuff to come Mm up, but hopefully this Sagittarius moon will help offset that a little bit with Mm -hmm. some levity, with some humor, with some playfulness, because we could use a little of that right Mm -hmm. now, that's for sure. So Monday, the moon's in Sag. Tuesday, the moon continues to be in Sag. And the Sagittarius moon is going to be a little bit more disruptive on Tuesday, because on Tuesday, the Sagittarius moon is going to square Mars, it's going to square Neptune. And so Tuesday could be, again, Sagittarius moon usually comes along and, and brings some friendliness to things and that kind of stuff, but it also doesn't necessarily give you answers. It's more of a playful kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get any answers Monday or Tuesday, but if anything, the Sagittarius moon should hopefully help us smile through okay. through the chaos. So okay, to speak. I'll take smiling <laughs> if we can't get answers. Yeah, but, but do expect a decent amount of confusion to continue Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Also, again, this is great stuff for creative energy. You know, yeah. if you have something, if you have have a story you've been trying to get on paper this might be the week to do it if you have a painting you've been wanting to paint or if you have these stalled creative projects that you're trying to finish this might be the week that you actually kind of get some momentum going on those again so uh, it's one of those things too Wednesday the moon will enter Capricorn and when the moon goes into Capricorn the Capricorn moon always tries to rationalize things and make sense of things and try to bring order to things and as always this Capricorn moon is going to have its work cut out for it because by Wednesday, we will also be at the height of that Mars-Neptune conjunction I mentioned, Mm -hmm. plus the Mercury retrograde and and so on and so forth. So all this week, read the fine print. And if you're not someone who likes to read the fine print, then hire someone to read the fine print for you. But the fine print is going to need to be read this week, one way or the other, whether it's you doing it or someone that you hire. Um, Thursday, May 19th, the sun is going to trine Pluto. So the sun's going to form a trine with Pluto. That is a a positive aspect, as they say, an an easier going aspect. Pluto, as we've mentioned countless times, is that ruthless planet, just only interested in power and obsession and all that stuff. But with the sun forming a nice conjunction, or sorry, a nice trine with it on Thursday, 
maybe that'll lead to some diplomatic uh, relations and kind of some smoothing over things and better interaction with people with any, any power struggles that you might have been dealing with up to that point. Okay. That'd be Thursday, May 19th. Might be a day for peace negotiations, hopefully. Also on Thursday, Mercury is going to form a nice aspect with Jupiter. Mercury is the planet of communication. Jupiter, the planet of easygoing times, fun times, abundance. Like, hey, what's the problem? Everything's going to be fine. It's the hippie of the zodiac, I guess you could say. I've called it the golden retriever before. Oh, yeah. I also call it the hippie. Yeah, it's the partier. But anyway, Mercury and Jupiter are going to be bringing some good vibes on Thursday. So that should also help uh, potentially with some good communication. Could also be exaggeration, though, with that kind of stuff with Mercury and, and Jupiter. Again, you got to watch for the snake oil salesman or snake oil salesperson. Uh, but it could also be good for writing because Mercury uh, forming a, a, a sextile with Jupiter like this can also mean that we're just wanting to talk a lot or wanting to verbalize a lot. And uh, we kind of, um, we are not editing ourselves. We're just kind of letting it all come out, whatever we have to say. It's coming out. So watch for that on Thursday, a good day f potentially for communications during this time when we are in Mercury retrograde and are kind of looking for any place where we can kind of find some solid ground in terms of are we on the same page or in that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So Thursday would be good for that. And actually Friday looks fairly pleasant. There are a lot of positive aspects going on on Friday. So uh, also Friday, the sun will leave Taurus. So this is our last week of Taurus season. Mm. And on Friday, May 20th, we will be entering Gemini season. Mm. And Gemini, of course, is an air sign. So we'll be bringing more air energy to the zodiac. Air energy usually deals with ideas and new ways of thinking and just kind of bring in new life to stuff, a breath of fresh air, so to speak. So again, with anything that's maybe been stalled, once the sun gets into Gemini, uh, things can start moving again. And then a quick uh, looking ahead until the next week, on Sunday, May 22nd, Mercury will enter Taurus. So Mercury was in Taurus. It's currently in Gemini. But because Mercury is retrograde, it is retrograding back into the sign of Taurus mm. on Sunday May 22nd. So watch for that as well. And it will stay in Taurus until June 13th. So I think that's all I got. It is very hot today. And yeah. thank you, Emily, for coming into the closet with me on an incredibly hot day in Hot Angeles. And thanks, as always, all of you for listening. We love you. And I think Emily's going to take us out with a couple deep breaths. That's right. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know what to do. If not, this is the time where we close out by taking three deep breaths in and deep breaths out. So we start by getting in a comfortable position. Just kind of relax. You can sit down or lie down. Give yourself a moment to get settled. And if you would like to close your eyes, you can do so now. And together, let's take a slow deep breath in and deep breath out. And one more deep breath in and release. And last one deep breath in and deep breath out. Ah, and release any tension you may still be carrying in your jaw, in your forehead, in your shoulders. Just let it drop. As always, thank you so much for your support. You can follow us on Instagram at somethingaboutastrology. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.